Welcome to the Optimal You podcast. This is pharmacist Steve Ersfeld. Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 22 of the Ersfeld Pharmacy Optimal You podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Steve Ersfeld. The goal of the podcast is to discuss different health topics that might be helpful to you in your journey to becoming the Optimal You. If you listen all the way to the end of the podcast, I have a special offer for you as a gift for taking the time to listen. Today's guest is Dr. David Zava, founder of ZRT Labs. Before we start our visit with Dr. Zava, I need to let the listeners know that this podcast provides general information and a discussion about health and health-related subjects. The information provided in this podcast is not intended or should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional medical expertise or treatment. Um, just a little background on our guest, Dr. Zava, earned his PhD in biochemistry and has extensive uh, experience researching hormones in breast cancer. He established ERT Laboratory in 1998 to provide healthcare practitioners and patients with a deeper understanding of the role hormones play in wellness and remains a strong advocate of wellness through preventative health. He's the co-author of What Your Doctor May Not Tell You About Breast Cancer and the author of many peer-reviewed articles. So that's kind of a little bit of a brief bio from a guy that's uh, got a lot of experience. So you want to fill anything in for our listeners and maybe shed a little bit more light on who you are? Yeah, sure. Um, well, with regard to the business, I started the business to provide patients and physicians easy ways to test their steroid hormones and body fluids that were easy to collect, non-invasive. I started with saliva testing of the sex hormones, which were, you and I are well aware of, maybe not all your listeners, you know, yep. the estrogens, progesterone, testosterone, and the adrenal stress hormones, DHEA and cortisol, which I think play an important role in you know, this whole COVID and long COVID thing. Um, I then expanded the testing to look at other hormones like thyroid hormone, LH, FSH, et cetera, and did that in blood spot testing because you, you can't measure those hormones in saliva. So um, I then expanded the testing further to look at urine steroid hormones, neurotransmitters, and essential elements and toxic heavy metals. So it was just, it just, it grew. Uh, I was very interested in looking um, at estrogen metabolites in urine. As the literature was, uh, I was reading and reviewing indicated that certain oxidized metabolites of estrogens were at the heart of what causes breast cancer. So I was reviewing grants and so on at uh, NIH. That was back in the, the 80s. I know I you know really strong interest in that, and I'm a cancer researcher, so that you know that was that was really what. And it turned my light switch on. Um, so I developed all these different kinds of tests. In fact, all of these tests I developed with the goal of better understanding what happens hormonally in a woman's body prior to developing breast cancer. So I worked in Switzerland and was, you know, looking at tamoxifen and chemotherapy and things like that. And I realized after we were doing these large-scale international clinical trials that um, that that wasn't that wasn't the full answer that prevention was going to be a better route and what I chose to to follow. Um, so now I'm on the path 
to cancer prevention really more than treatment with conventional you know therapies. Um, and that was the thesis of the book that John Lee and I wrote in 2002. Yeah, that's 20 years ago. <laughs> about the time you started, too. Yeah, you know, right. 19, 1998 is when I started, about when you started, 1998 yep. is when I started ZRT. There were a lot of things prior to that, but that's when I started. Yeah, that's when we actually started compounding, too. And then I think um, we've been utilizing um, ZRT labs from the get-go, I think, through your affiliation through PCCA, which is Professional Compounding Centers of America, I think that's where we kind of got hooked up and started um, utilizing. So, so I had a little um, a little contest going on at our at our pharmacy here because we wanted to um, know what ZRT stood for. So I'm going to give you our I'm going to give you our guesses, and then you're going to have to give us the right. answer. So, so here's our here's our list that we came up with. So, Zava randomized trials. Uh, Zava Research Trust, Zava Routine Tests, uh, Teresa Guest uh, Zava Research Testing, uh, Jody um, uh, Zava Testing, uh, Zyto Research Testing was Evie, Zen Restorative Testing, that was Jody, and Zava Responsive Testing, that was Janelle. So we're, what, what's the winner and are we even close? Well, I like the Zen restorative testing. I, I wasn't that clever at the time. I was trying to find a name, but, you know, I figured, well, okay, um, I have to do something because I could, everybody had bio this and bio that and, you know, it, it like, you know, superlatives in the name. So um, ZRT stands for Zava Research and Testing. So I, I think I heard that and testing. from one, one of the people there. So that was, that was the... Um, that's what we called it. Um, and I, you know, I, I wanted to put, well, I shouldn't say it, but Zava, it'd be Z-A-R-T, Zart. And oh. my son said that sounds too much like something else. <laughs> and yeah. so I said, okay, it's going to be Z-R-T, like IBM or whatever. It's simple and people can remember that. Yeah, well. That was the origin. And it was it was what I was doing and what I wanted to do. I wanted to do research and I, and I wanted to do testing and we are, boy, are we ever involved in a lot of research now, you know, that spans so many different things from, you know, the breast cancer work to other cancer work to uh, long COVID to uh, ADHD to Gulf War il illness to PTSD to you name it. I, all this stuff that we have been involved in and testing has really led a lot of people to us from all over the world to come and ask us to do this non-invasive testing. And COVID really resulted in a lot of um, people in academia that, you know, they had their phlebotomist that could draw blood for them. The phlebotomist was gone. I heard that from so many people and people didn't want to go to have a blood draw because they mm -hmm. were going to expose themselves to others that probably were there with, with something that might be infective like COVID. Mm -hmm. So we just, we just, and even today, um, I was talking to the person uh, Beth that does all the organization of our research stuff. And, you know, it's like every day we get a new person every day, 
you know, that wants to do research with us. And these are people with funding. They have, you know, grants from NIH and other organizations. And also, uh, it's just, just, we're busy. We're really busy, you know, and then the commercial testing that really um, has just, I mean, it's always, it's always grown. So that's, that's probably the hardest thing is keeping up with the, you know, just the volume of business that we do. Sure. Um, so I, you know, I, I never dreamed of being forced into owning a lab and running a hormone testing business. Never in my wildest dreams, you know, but I thought that I was sort of encouraged to go in that direction from a lot of other people, you know, from the time I wrote the book with John Lee. Um, but prior to that, I was mostly in academics and had written and rewarded a grant to develop simple methods to monitor hormonal milieu and, and women uh, with with or at high risk for breast cancers. That, that really kind of is what started mm-hmm. the saliva testing. So I wrote that grant, got money, um, hired technicians to develop the assay. So that's how I developed the saliva assay. So I, it really started with academics. It didn't start with some venture capitalist that gave me a you know ton of money and said I want a piece of your action. It really started with academics, and uh, so that's you know one thing led to another. So we we got the you know got the grant started because I was running a breast cancer prognostic testing lab. So I was I was involved with pathologists and oncologists and other people where I was the one that they'd sent the tumor to in a paraffin block and we'd cut thin sections and we'd look under a microscope and measure estrogen and progesterone receptors. So, um, and then I went from that and then I wrote a grant at the same time I was running that lab. And um, that was the grant that allowed me to develop the saliva testing because I knew, okay, here are the receptors. Here are the receptors that receive the estrogen signal or the progesterone signal, you know, from either their bodies, their bodies are making it or they're, they're taking it or they're getting it some from some food or something. So that was, that was really what the grant was all about was to, was to look at that. And at the same time, uh, so I developed those saliva tests and, and then I started working with John Lee and we started working on that breast cancer book. It took us about three years. Uh, so it's about 95 that that was, was happening. And, um, then we started lecturing on this. So we went on a lecture tour and that's a part of, you know, PCCA was really kind of before, a little bit before I started lecturing for PCCA. Um, and so, or at the same time. And so we were, we were doing that. And, and then all of a sudden everybody wanted to have their hormones tested, you know, because they knew they had hormonal, you know, problems. Right. And so we had a, we had a great, solution for that and that was we could do it in saliva so they didn't have to go get their blood drawn uh so for me that was that was the challenge was developing that saliva test and like i said everybody where i was previously working everybody wanted to have their hormones tested and so the people that owned where i was previously um wanted us to start doing commercial saliva testing at night so i got the you know uh clear regs and cetera for as a lab director and and started that and that just grew so amazingly fast um it was and then they didn't want to do the breast cancer stuff anymore so i was uninterested in staying there because of that um so, so you are you are truly a, a homegrown 
business. You started from scratch and built yourself. Yeah, absolutely started from scratch. And I, I'll tell you, I had very little money at the start, and I didn't never borrowed a dime from anyone, uh, and I still haven't borrowed a dime from anyone. And we're we're doing well. We're in a thirty thousand square foot building, uh, so I, you know, I was I'm I'm conservative in that regard. Sure. Not not necessarily politically, but you know, yeah. I'm I'm sort of middle of the road. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm willing to accept both sides. Sure. You know. Um but so so you so I had the opportunity to come out to a thyroid talk at, mm -hmm. at your at your organization. I don't know, I don't remember what year that was. Um, but I remember touring your facility at that time. Are you still in that same facility? This would have been probably 2005, six, maybe seven, something like that. No, no, we're in a we're a totally different building. We actually bought the 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 old Nike golf building. Oh, really? Yeah, and so we completely renovated it, and now it's um you know it's it 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 a much nicer place, and and you know it's a building that I own, so uh, yeah. it's better. Nobody nobody can kick me out. There you go. Right. So, so one of the things, so we've been, we've been testing, like I said, since uh, early 2000s with you. And do you know, um, I, I just kind of was pulling up some figures on your newer website since 2016. We've run about 750 tests since 2016. How many, how many tests have you run on, on hormones or do you have any of that data? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we we periodically go back and look. I mean, it's in way millions. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tens of millions. Of so, I, so, so as a, a practitioner, when I have uh, somebody test their hormones, and you you put that data in, you've got so much information to draw from based on whether they're right. on hormone replacement therapy, whether on maybe right. some other nutrients. How does that how does that figure into what data you're spitting back to us? Well, it's a it's a it's a part of it's a part of what we what we we do. The information that we get, for example, uh, as you said, I, I'm a pack rat about information. Mm -hmm. So um, from the get go, I worked with IT people to make sure that we were able to capture. You, you're aware of the requisition form. It, it asks people who want to to tell us, you know, what are your symptoms? What hormones are you using? How are you using them? Are you using them topically? Are you using it as an oral? What is the dose of hormone that you're using, et cetera, et cetera? So we have we have all that information. We have, you know, the menstrual cycle, if it's female, we so we know a lot of things and we know how those symptoms are related to hormonal problems. Let's say, for example, in a woman who is um, moving into menopause, she's perimenopausal. So hormones are fluctuating rapidly, erratically. And she has a lot of estrogen and very little progesterone at that time. Not always, but usually. Because uh, that's just the, the end of that portion of, of the life cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, she's no longer going to be ovulating. She can't have a baby because she doesn't make a, you know, an egg. But, th but that those hormones fluctuate erratically. And you see this, you see this in the patients that come into, you know, the pharmacy go, Oh my God, you know, one day I got hot flashes the next day. I'm, you know, I'm nervous and have all these kind of issues. And I, I think I got a hormone problem and you know, they do. And you know, it's probably related to the fluctuating estrogens and the lack of progesterone. So, 
um, you know, there's there are things that that you and 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 the other providers you work with can do about that and write scripts for those things. And um, so that's a that's a part of what we have, you know, that comes in the lab. So basically, what I did is I I said, okay, we're going to drop all this stuff into the into our data system so we have it available, um, and we can we can actually, you know and the database and say, okay, you know, everybody that used X amount of estradiol um, topically at 0.1 milligram of the, of the 20,000 people that did that out of the 20 years we've been doing this, what is their, what is their level of estrogen? Well, what about if they use 0.2? What if they use 0.5? So we graph all that stuff. You know, we look at that. We see how that goes. We also look at, you know, a person's age. You, the graphs that you see mm -hmm. uh, from CRT are related to age. So it's like, okay, if you're, you know, if you're 20 years old and you're a male, your testosterone's probably, you know, 120. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're 80 years old, it's probably 50. It's lower. Mm -hmm. That doesn't that doesn't mean you can't take testosterone and, you know, raise your level to the level that, you know, was middle age. So uh, that's, that's what we do. You know, that's what we look at. I, I don't know of any other, any other laboratory that goes to the extremes of, of gathering that information and actually uh, using that information to uh, create comments because what I do most of the day, quite frankly, because we have so many different tests is I sort of, hover over the the comments that are that are made related to um you know the information that's going out and and receive and and any kind of any kind of new information that comes in in the literature um i will i will try to incorporate that into comments that we're making so people can see um you know what's happening with regard and how you know what that what that means with regard to the testing. So let's take example, if a um, if a woman indicates that she has or has had breast cancer and um, we look at her hormone profile and it's it and she's indicated that and she had terrible hot flashes and night sweats and all sorts of things. We um, you know normally we might say you need to talk to your doctor, you've got a really low estrogen. You need to talk to your doctor about the possibility of, you know, using an estrogen. We don't say use, you know, 0.1 milligram of estradiol. To, that's your job. Right. That's your job with the with the with the practitioner. We say, look, you got a low estrogen, and you got hot flashes and night sweats and all these other kind of things that are bad. But on the other hand, you you've had a you've had a um, hormone sensitive cancer, so that might be contraindicated. So be sure and you know discuss that with your healthcare provider um um because some people i i actually don't believe that physiologic amounts of estrogens in combination with progesterone are harmful you know to people who who've had um breast cancer but that's my opinion and it's mm -hmm. you know based on yeah it is based on literature um that's interesting because i uh, my wife is a breast cancer patient and mm -hmm. uh, She's 
couple of years out now and we're now looking at, you know, what, where do we go from here? Do we, do we, you know, maybe dabble into hormones a little bit? I don't, I don't know. And I, People you know, do, as you well know, they, you know, they, it depends on my issue with, with lack of estrogen is, is uh, what may happen if you don't have some right. like bone loss, mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, what, what's happening in your, in your brain, what's happening to your skin, what's happening to, you know, all the things that estrogen and in the, in the book, we basically said estrogen is the angel of life and the angel of death. Right. It can be just because of the way it's oxidized in the body. So um, it's a, it's a tricky subject, but um, you know, the literature that I review of, and I'm talking about physiologic bioidentical estrogen, not the, not the synthetic, because, you know, the literature that would suggest that, you know, estrogen therapy is really more related to synthetic estrogen than it is, um, or other oral use of estrogen, for example, which you get a lot more estrogen in the body, uh, and it's metabolized more to catechol estrogens and things of that nature. So, yeah. Just to let the, our listeners know that, that um, the compounding that we do at our pharmacy is with um, bioidentical, human identical type of hormones. They're not synthetic mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form. So um, totally on board with that too. So, you know, I, I always said, especially when I lecture for PCCAs, if you, if you go outside of, you know, um, bioidentical physiologic, uh, dosing of, of any, any hormone that mother nature is going to slap the crap out of you. <laughs> right. It, it, I just not, it's just, you know, you're better off if you use, you know, the, the doses that are going to give you a physiologic level in your body. Yeah. So, um, you, I'm, it was interesting to hear you talk about the evolution of your, of your, um, lab and where you guys started out with saliva pretty much, um, only when going to blood spot, um, then going on to urine, urine, um, you know, we have providers, uh, that will use different forms of testing. Do you, you know, what, what's, what's the best test? What, what should people be um, recommending for their patients or what, what should we be recommending for our patients? Yeah, you know, we do we do all of the body fluids. We do serum, we do saliva, we do uh, um, capillary blood, we do dried urine. You know, we were really one of the first to develop the dried urine test. You know, they, they have a, a different acronym for that now, you know, that's the most popular acronym. Yep. I won't mention it, but that person actually developed that test at CRT. I remember when he was working there when when I came <laughs> to visit. I remember he looked about like he was twelve at the time. Yeah, he did. He yeah, still he, does. Did. He, he probably wasn't. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he yeah, smart person, very smart person, very good. Yeah. Uh, did a lot of really good things in the lab, um, and very successful now, which is you know good for good for him. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so. That was the time we were we were really working hard to you know we we uh, bought some aspects and we were we were looking at um, developing the assays for uh, catechol estrogens. 
I had already, 10 years earlier, I was reviewing the grants on these things. So Erkel Cavalieri, who really wrote a lot of the literature on, you know, catechol estrogens was a friend. And we had, we actually were reviewing grants at the same time. And we flew back on an airplane together. He was going back to um, Nebraska and I was headed back wherever I was going. And, um, you know, we had conversations and he's the one that, he, he's the one that kind of coined the term angel of life, angel of death, estrogen. And, and you just, you keep it the angel of life by using it physiologically. And, you know, you don't, you don't use too much, but that's not that, that's, that is, as I have developed more into the breast cancer area, I certainly see that there's a whole lot of other things that, you know, are related to, um, uh, increased risk, but also prevention. Um, so it's, it, you know, there are many things and I, I'm sure you've probably heard some of these lectures that PCCA I gave on breast cancer and, you know, uh, prevent more, more prevention you know, from the perspective of, of progesterone, as well as lifestyle modification, as well as, you know, eating a lot more, you know, cruciferous vegetables to et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's gone. I mean, it's, it, it's just as expanded. The reason that I got involved in, Element testing is because of iodine, iodine and its relationship to prevention of breast cancer, iodine being low with, with higher risk or heavy metals, you know, creating free radicals in your body that can further oxidize estrogen. So is that um, uh, Shippen, you know, um, is the one who, who said, good Lord, that diagram looks like custard's last stand. Yep. You remember that article yep, yep. <laughs> with all the arrows going towards estrogen? Well, that's gotten a lot more sophisticated since 2006, but it's it's still the same thing. You know, I'm doing more things, testing more things. You know, we've gotten into neurotransmitters. We've, you know, we're, we're looking at diurnal hormones and dried urine. So we have, um, you know, and, and things such as, you know, the, the stress hormones, cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine. So we're, you know, we're able to look at those kind of things in a, in a diurnal pattern. And that, that really is beginning to show some things with regard to long COVID, um, you know, it, and mitochondrial function. It's just, you know, it's just hitting people and it, you know, it's wasting the mitochondria and the and tissues of the, of the body. So, um, so what, what kind of tests are you doing specifically for long COVID and, and are they available uh, uh, commercially now? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, the test, what I'm seeing more than anything else is that, um, you know, the adrenals take a major hit mm -hmm. and cortisol is lower. Um, it can be higher, but it's, it's just off. It's off the expected diurnal, you know, values that you see. Um, it could be, um, I mean, when it really, when it, it, it can, and it can, you know, it can damage, you know, the spike protein can go into different organs and go into the brain. It can go into the adrenal glands. It can go into the pancreas and go into the thyroid. And so you, you can have all different sorts of things and it varies from person to person. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can have all these things going off that are not um, definitely not normal. Um, and it's usually a, a deficiency in the in the particular hormone that is being 
you know, secreted by the by the the organ, be it the, you know the pancreas, or the thyroid, um, the brain. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm talking about hy yep. hypothalamic pituitary axis, yep. uh, adrenal glands' ability to produce cortisol, or the adrenal glands' ability to produce you know the medulla of the center of the adrenal glands' its ability to produce epinephrine. So I see a lot of that where cortisol and and the catecholamines are are not not being produced in in normal levels. Uh, so that 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 we were able to see with um, with the dried urine testing. So a lot of stuff, a lot of abnormalities, more things, more you know people today are because yeah I can look back at people I have tested. 30 times with us over the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I could look back and see, okay, well, this person, you know, they didn't, they, they were doing fine. And then all of a sudden in 2021, you know, symptoms went haywire. You know, I don't know that they had COVID, but right. um, probably, you know, or the stress of good Lord, you know, all the different things that people are, you know, faced with. When, you know, having to take care of kids that are not in school anymore or daycare or it's just been really stressful for a lot of people to, you know, have to deal with that. So uh, and, and I mean, it, it, it affects every walk of life. It affects us. It affected, it affected you know, some of the really talented people we had left. Um, so I, it was just a big change. Yeah, there was a, there was definitely it was kind of odd because you know you had half of the half of the country was sitting at home binge watching Netflix. Right. And half of the country's out there working just like you know, one-armed paper hanger just going to town and just getting nowhere and just getting fried. It was just it was just an odd it was just an odd time. It was it was and you didn't you didn't really know you know, for us, we are better informed about some of these other things. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you know, you 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 hear it, you hear it from I don't want to mention names, but you mm -hmm. know, the 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 experts at you know CDC and other areas, mm -hmm. and you'd like, wait a minute, that doesn't compute. Mm -hmm. That that doesn't that doesn't fit, and I, you know I'm I'm, you know I'm I've been researching herbs forever. Mm -hmm. I know that literature very well. I know you know I know when I read about those things that people have used for millennia uh, for treating you know the things they get from the forest and other places. Um, I know that I know that you know whenever somebody a surgeon opens you up. You know what do they douse you with <laughs> to keep you from getting infections? Right. They douse you with iodine, right? Yep. You know, so you know, for 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 me, you know, it's like okay, you know, here's, yep. <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about. Yep. It's like okay, if I'm I'm out and exposed, I'm going to protect myself. So there are different ways, natural things. So, you know, we, we load up on, you know, curcumin and zinc and, and we actually have, you know, um, blogs that, that I've got people writing about these sort of couch them a little bit. So people don't bother me too much. 
But, um, I mean, there are so many, so many different ways. My biggest disappointment, I would say, is that, um, is people weren't paying enough attention to ways of, of preventing you from getting COVID. And I, I think that's something that, you know, I, I, I read an article on the, the newspaper every week and have a have a blog on, on our website that, that posts that and we email it out too as well. And it, just trying to let people know that, you know, there's, there's, um, our bodies are amazing. Yep. Uh, God created our bodies to help defend ourselves. You know, right. he created an immune system to um, take care of us and we have to get out of the way of that and provide it with the nutrients that it needs to uh, right. uh, function yep. effectively, yep. you know? So that's kind of what we preach to. And, and you had, um, you know, the two things uh, that we talk about, pulvidone iodine, you were talking about pulvidone iodine, you had a little nasal spray, right? Um, you know, using that, using it as a gargle, using just uh, Listerine or, or mouthwash with mm -hmm. acetylpyridinium chloride. You know, we know that that virus is, any virus is going to typically going to come in through our, our, our noses or our mouths. So you know, exactly. gargling and beating it up and knocking it down every day is just a good thing. So, right. yeah, I, we're we're totally on board with that as well. And it's it is too bad that we that that stuff just got stuffed. But we know that you know there's powers to be that that don't want it to be heard because. It, well, we know the reason. Yeah. No. No. No doubt. No doubt. So, yeah. Well, I I didn't expect to go down that little rabbit hole, but that's kind of kind of refreshing because so we, we you know we actually we actually developed uh, antibody tests for COVID. We actually submitted uh, EUA for you know the FDA and did all this stuff, and we were working with them. And just and so you know, I took one of those. If you go to my profile. Oh, okay. RT profile, I had a, okay, I had a negative test out there. So yeah. yeah. I, I, Thank you. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for doing that. Because that <laughs> and we got right we got right to the point of being able to uh do that on a, a larger scale, which I was kind of afraid of. I thought, oh my God, we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to do the kind of things we're already, you know, pushed to the edge on in, in testing to do. And, uh, and then basically the FDA came back and said, um, no, you have to do some more things. So they kept raising the bar on us because they didn't really want us to do it. Right. And I knew that, I knew that um, you know, when I told them, I said, well, I'm not really, I'm not really as interested in, um, in doing this for the purpose of making money because it's not what I want. It's not what I need. I, you know, I think this is, this is a really good test for people to understand that they that they have had the virus itself, or you know they've had um, they've been um, vaccinated for it, mm -hmm. because if, if they have the nucleocapsid, if they have a spike and a nucleocapsid, then they they've had they've had the virus. Mm -hmm. If they only have the spike, that means that that they've been you know vaccinated only. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so we could differentiate. So it actually, what what they were hearing is that oh, this gives people an opportunity to decide on whether or not they want to continue with vaccinations. They want to get more mRNA, you know, <laughs> spike protein in their in their bodies because you know what we saw with with uh, with uh, vaccinations is that especially the 
second vaccination is that the spike protein went just sky high, mm-hmm. just sky high in people. And and every time you get a vaccination, it's going to go even higher. So you have to, you know, and, and now today and yesterday, got, got a paper from a really good group of scientists, all women, um, in, in um, I think it's Sao Paulo in, in Brazil, um, very good scientific paper on, you know, what the spike protein itself, not the virus, just the spike protein, uh, what effect it has on um, the brain. And um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing to do with ACE2 receptors. It has to do with toll-like receptors and the, and the um, binding to, to uh, microglia in the brain and, and, and what happens is there's a decoupling and they say that's, that's a part, they think that's a part of the symptomatology of, you know, mental issues, you know, just brain fog and so on of, of long COVID is that the brain is, is, you know, with infection, they didn't necessarily say it would be, but they did say it was only, it's only spikes, not the virus, mm-hmm. it's a spike. That, wow. that it, it results in decoupling of the neurons in the brain. So it's kind of like, okay, I can't think like I used to I'm having issues with this. So it's a, it's a really good, very solid paper. I'm going to have you forward that to me because that, that is, okay. um, that's right in line with what low-dose naltrexone is doing, blocking that uh, mm-hmm. TLR4 receptor and and helping to block that microglial activation. Well, people are people are you know are saying that that um, there are things that, and even in this paper they talk about it. There are things that um, you can do and take to uh, prevent that event from occurring. The decoupling, you know, it's not a it's not a fast it's not something that just happens overnight. Correct. It's a slow, it's a slow process, but it was interesting. They said it wasn't the, wasn't the actual virus itself. It was the, it was the, and that, and that the spike hangs around for a, a much longer period of time. Well, wow. I don't know whether that's, you know, from virus or that's from, you know, MRNA. Right. Who yeah. Well, we, we do see a, you know, we do, help a, a fair a fair number of patients with long COVID and, and try and help help uh, get that under control. And that you do see that uh, brain fog, memory issues, right. not right. uncommon for that to be a, 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 an issue. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I see, I see a lot of, that's where I see a lot of, um, I think it's, it's related to feedback to the, you know, hypothalamic uh, pituitary adrenal axis. So it's, you know, it's the body firing, it's the inflammation that, that's going on in the body. So, um, and that's probably a secondary effect. And yeah, I don't know whether you can, you know, you can make that better by giving somebody more cortisol or um, it's really, it, it's really probably more trying to prevent that interaction of spike with mm-hmm. different things like the toll-like receptors in the brain in sure. the microglia um, as opposed to um, yeah so using using different things to as you were talking about you know um, to to prevent that from from happening but that's something you know you gotta you're really better off to catch it early right 
Right, totally. So I, I'm going to refer to a, a quote that you wrote on, or that was uh, placed on your website, and it says, there's no other reason to keep doing the work unless we find out a way to make the world a better place. I love that quote. And so how does that, how does that kind of drive your, your business or your thought processes working with your employees? Yeah, it's like I said, it's, you know, I'm, I'm about prevention. Mm-hmm. I'm about, you know, using something to keep a virus from attacking me mm-hmm. you know, that mother nature gave us, you know, quercetin, yep. zinc, iodine, all, all, I can go on and on and on. Ivermectin, um, all, all of those things, not just, not necessarily just one, but also, you know, not overdoing it. You know, I, if I'm traveling on an airplane, I definitely am preparing myself, you know, so that, so that when I get exposed would probably, you know, we are, mm-hmm. um, then, then my body is better prepared from an immunological perspective and from an antiviral perspective, because the, you know, the quercetin and and also bioflavonoids, mm-hmm. you know, grapefruit seed extract, um, all different sorts of things. These are really biocidal as well as the iodine. They viruses, they don't like it. That's why they don't attack fruit. You know, the quercetin's on the outer core of the fruit, so they, you know, the microbes can't get in. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, it's protective to the fruit, but it's, you know, and, and so we consume the fruit and we get the quercetin and we get all sorts of um, other other beneficial things that, you know, um, are enhancing our innate immune system and making us stronger and less, less susceptible. But, I mean, it's kind of like, okay, you get this massive, you still could get sick if you know somebody sneezes in your face, or you sure. you just you're just around a massively high titer of. But you you know you wash your hands, mm-hmm. you you know you you make sure that you know you're not scratching your eyes if you're exposed. But you know, and that's that's a problem. You're in an airport and everybody's touching the railings, you know, and right. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, you know, to stay away from that. Yeah, walking down the moving walkway and grabbing those rails right. was like, right. yeah. yeah. So, well, that's that's incredible. That's great, great advice. I think our our listeners are really gonna um, like to hear um, your your great uh, words because you are an extremely educated individual that uh, is so well read, and we we appreciate having you on as a guest on our on our podcast. So, um, any last think, any thank last you for words inviting of, me. Yeah, any yeah. last words of advice for our patients regarding testing or health or anything? Well, I think that, you know, they 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 have to realize that, um, you know, the world is not a perfect place, never has been. And there are a lot of things that, that stress us and that we have to be vigilant about, you know, when, when we go through those different stressors, be it, you know, watching the news and thinking we're going to get bombed by some you know, atomic, whatever, and, um, or, you know, whatever bothers us, you know, to, you know, trying to, trying to calm ourselves with, with uh, foods that are, we know are not good for us. So it's really, it's, it's a lot about lifestyle. And I, you know, when I talk about that with regard to breast cancer, it's, 
uh, improving lifestyle. And as we get older, we lose our hormones and some of us lose our hormones faster than others. So, you know, having someone like you um, who can, who can counsel people because um, if they come in, like I said earlier, if they got hot flashes and night sweats and they're, let's say they're, they're 42 years old and they're, you know what that is. Okay. Their, their estrogens are fluctuating they needed to be stabilized probably with progesterone or, you know, or a better diet or whatever. And um, so thank you, you for, you know, being there for those people that can um, take advantage of the skill set that you have that um, allow them to, to find a way to, to, um, reduce the things that are stressful to them because you know stress just builds on top of stress, and and a lot of times people who can sleep better are gonna, and that might be magnesium, it might be progesterone, it might be you know a number of different things that we know are better, melatonin, whatever um, you know, are better for sleep. So we can, you can, um, we can tell you you know, where your hormones are out of balance. So when you send us test kits or your, your patients um, send us test kits, we, we can monitor, we can tell you, uh, um, you know, which hormones are out of balance and you, you can work on that and help them, you know, through the pharmacy and the, and the healthcare providers that you work with. So that's a good thing because, um, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that, when, when estrogen goes away, um, you know, there's more risk for cardiovascular disease. There's more risk for uh, senile dementia. There's more risk for your, your skin aging factor. It's, I mean, it's a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and that risk goes up a lot more for women than it does for men because, you know, uh, men tend to make their estrogen from testosterone. So we have a much higher level of testosterone. So we make all the estrogen we need in our brains that we don't get hot flashes uh, like women do because we have actually more estrogen in our brain. It's coming from the testosterone, so, which is higher, um, you know, 10 times, 20 times higher. So, um, and then, you know, aging is not fun. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I can tell you, you know, be, having been in this business for 40 years, you can kind of, you know, backtrack there, go, my God, he must be, you know, so. Yeah, I'm April. I'm turning seventy-five. So. Oh wow, you look great. Yeah, I feel good. Yeah, good. pretty good. I don't feel like I did when I was twenty, but. Oh well, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, and I tell you, I take I take physiologic amounts of hormones. I took my, you know, tiny bit of testosterone this morning, and you know, I took my thyroid, and yeah, well, you know, I need those things. I know that if I don't take them, you know, I can look and go, okay, if I didn't take my thyroid for two days, now my TSH is seven. Do I do high? Yeah. You know, my testosterone can drop down to, you know, 250 to 300. I don't feel as good. I don't have much energy, you know, so I'm, I can take a little bit, bring it up. DHEA, a little bit, you know, you know, so there, you know, and then all the B vitamins and everything that, you know, I take, you know, I take lots of herbs and things like that. To, and of course, oh. it, none of that stuff really works right unless you exercise and you eat right. And you sleep right. Yeah, just just one piece of the the puzzle that's extremely complicated in our body, right? 
Yeah. Well, well thank you for the kind words and for the words of wisdom. Yeah. For thank you. Thank you for what you do, Steve. Yeah. yeah. Well, Good to see you again. Yeah. So we're, we're going to take this a little bit. Uh, we're going to twist this up a little bit for our, our listeners that have uh, made it this far into the podcast instead of usually we give a little discount on a, on a dietary supplement, but for the month of April, we're going to, we're going to do a 10% discount off of uh, our testing uh, raise from oh, ZRT great. lab. So we're going to do that. And that's for in-person and telephone orders. So give us a call. Just mention Dr. Z- Dr. Zava podcast. And we'll give you that a little bit of discount. And you mentioned uh, being vigilant, and that's something that, that I use as, as my tagline. So as we wrap up our, our conversation, um, I always like to tell our, our listeners to be vigilant about your health. And um, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Zava, for your time. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Take care. As always... Be vigilant about your health.